More negative press for wholesalers. Another discouraging article just came out, this time by Bloomberg News, claiming wholesalers are duping unsuspecting low-income sellers from their properties. Now, I don't wanna sound like a broken record, but I told you so. On this video, I'm gonna to react to this article, why you should be worried and what you should be doing about it. All of that and more, coming up. This video is brought to you by the 100% Funding System, a program where Jerry Norton funds 100% of your deals with his money. To learn more, go to usejerryscash.com. If this is your first time here, my name is Jerry Norton and I've been a full-time real estate investor now for over 17 years. Amongst other things, I specialize in flipping houses all across the country and I've helped thousands of new investors get into the game of flipping and create six and even seven figure incomes. If you wanna learn how to flip houses so you can live your dream life, be sure to subscribe to my channel and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. Wholesaling is getting national press and it's not good. When the big dogs like Bloomberg jump on the trash wholesalers bandwagon, you should take notice. And not to beat a dead horse or anything, but I've been telling you that they're coming for us and this is a big deal. I've been talking a lot lately about wholesaler regulation and how wholesalers are getting a bad rap and while some are listening to me and adapting, many are not and have been critical about what I've been saying. I've been getting all kinds of heat that I'm a sellout and that wholesaling isn't going anywhere. But this recent article by Bloomberg is more proof that what I've been saying is true, which is that the narrative the media, the regulators, and the National Association of Realtors is pushing hard right now is that wholesalers are unfairly, dishonestly, and fraudulently profiting by taking advantage of and downright ripping off uninformed sellers. In order for this narrative to take root, these sellers are either elderly or poor, clearly disadvantaged, and don't know that they are being swindled, or as the Bloomberg article states, duped into selling their properties far below market value. And for this narrative to gain traction, these crooked, dishonest wholesalers need stopped. Now, my belief and what I've been preaching from the pulpit is that the strategy of helping distressed sellers get rid of their unwanted properties by sourcing and providing them to cash buyer investors is a crucial and necessary service for the marketplace, but the way we go about doing that has to change. I love the comment Crystal Shorter made. For those who are moaning, remember this, adapt or die. Now, I couldn't agree more. Stay to the end of this video and I'll show you what you should do to not just survive, but thrive as a wholesaler. But first, I wanna break down this article by Bloomberg, give my rebuttal and explain why this is so alarming. Now, I reached out directly to the author who wrote this article, Michael Sasso, and he agreed to discuss with me more on this topic. Now, I'll share more about that at the end of this video, so stick around. Let's get started. First, let's start with the title of the article. Fast cash flippers flood poor neighborhoods in the US. So right in the headline, it's the poor who are being victimized by greedy flippers making fast cash. Now, like I said earlier, focusing on the poor and disadvantaged is the easiest and fastest way to push the wholesalers are bad agenda. The reality is wholesalers service every price point, not just low income. Is it any different if a wholesaler makes a profit flipping a house worth 500,000 or a house worth 50,000. What is it that's wrong? Is it making money wholesaling a house that's wrong? Or is it making money wholesaling a house where the seller is poor that is wrong? My point is, if the argument is that wholesaling is wrong, it shouldn't matter the financial status of the seller. 
Now, the article starts with, states and cities in the U.S. are cracking down on a niche in house flipping known as wholesaling conducted by a flood of largely unlicensed middlemen lured in by YouTube tutorials and a torrid market. Now, it certainly is true that regulation is cracking down on wholesaling. Later, the author cites some of these recent regulations. But notice he points out that wholesalers are unlicensed. Licensing is another hot button that fits the wholesalers are bad narrative because it means they don't have oversight. This is where the National Association of Realtors, or NAR, is pushing hard. More on that in a minute because it comes up again. Now, I do like how Sasso points out that these wholesalers are learning from YouTube tutorials. Now, when I reached out to the author, he told me that he's seen a few of my videos. So since this is the number one channel on YouTube for all things flipping, I'll take that as a compliment although I don't think it was intended to be. Now the article continues, bearing fast cash, wholesalers can help distressed homeowners sell quickly. That's a fair statement, but have been accused of strong arm tactics and misinformation. Now I have a real problem with this sentence. What are strong arm tactics? So what, wholesalers are forcing sellers against their will? Sell your house right now or else? <laughs> and who is it exactly that's accusing wholesalers of strong arming sellers? Where are these accusations coming from? Now, misinformation, yes, I can see that argument. A wholesaler could convince a seller that their house is worth a lot less and trick them into selling it for much less than it's worth. But isn't that true about anything? If I go on Facebook Marketplace right now and a seller has a treadmill for sale and I offer him 300 in cash, I'll be there in 15 minutes to pick it up, and he agrees, and then I turn around and resell it for $400, does that mean I just ripped off the seller? No, of course not. The seller is an adult, and if he wanted more money, he would have said no, which is exactly what happens with houses. Every seller on planet Earth knows how to look on Zillow and see fair market value for their house. Are there instances where a wholesaler tricks a seller? Sure, but that is the exception, not the rule. I've personally encountered more real estate agents who misinform sellers than I have from wholesalers, and they're licensed, regulated, and agree to a code of ethics. Does that mean all real estate agents are crooked and bad because some choose to operate dishonestly? Of course not. Lumping an entire industry as bad based on a minority who operate unethically is the same as saying guns kill people. No, bad people with guns kill people. Wholesalers aren't bad. Dishonest wholesalers are bad. Okay, let's keep going. Next, the article reads, unlike fix and flip investors who take title to homes, renovate them, and put them back on the market, wholesalers typically negotiate with homeowners just to put the homes under contract and sell those contracts to flippers. So that's true. Next, the author uses a wholesaler as an example to discredit all wholesalers. It reads, I don't buy houses, I solve problems, said Scott Skeculo, who leads an Atlanta area congregation of Masonic Jews and bills himself as the flipping rabbi. He said clients come his way when they're going through a divorce, can't afford massive home repairs, or run into other trouble. Mr. Seculo said he can get them cash while also beautifying a neighborhood. Hedge funds are paying top dollar for the contracts, he told a conference of prospective moguls. When you can get in with them, they're there paying stupid money. Okay, so some rabbi flipper in Atlanta is getting deals from his congregation and is wholesaling them to a hedge fund for, quote, stupid money. The implication is he's unfairly profiting off the backs of distressed sellers. 
In the flipper's defense, what the article fails to mention is his congregation is bringing him their distressed, unwanted properties and agreeing to a price of their own free will. Are we to assume that people are now too stupid to make their own decisions, that they have no accountability for their actions? Now, I have a lot more faith in humanity. If his congregation sellers want more money than what he is offering, they would find a different buyer or list it with an agent. It's that simple. Next, the article says, while the practice is legal when transparent, advocates for the poor say aggressive wholesalers dupe sellers with lowball offers. Now, let's talk about this for a second. There is a lot of debate around transparency or disclosure and contract law. On one hand, it's dishonest and illegal to say you're a cash buyer when you have no intention or means of buying the property. On the other hand, a contract has equitable interest and can be assigned to another party. Now, I think it's always best to be 100% transparent. This is easy to do. Simply say to the seller, I work with a group of investors and me and or my investors or partners will buy your house for cash. Investors or partners is referring to your cash buyers. Okay, going back to the article, it reads, advocates for the poor say aggressive wholesalers dupe sellers with lowball offers. So again, it's the poor being victimized and who are these advocates for the poor anyways? You mean the National Association of Realtors? Saying NAR cares about the poor is like saying the Democratic Party cares about the poor. Nothing is farther from the truth. NAR cares about eliminating competition, collecting dues, lobbying, and putting people in power who agree with their agenda, not the poor. And again, this idea that aggressive wholesalers dupe sellers with lowball offers is complete nonsense. An offer is just that, an offer. A seller can simply say no to a lowball offer. Okay, next to give his accusations some weight, the author points out recent regulations. It says, Illinois, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, and the city of Philadelphia proposed or passed regulations recently after complaints. Now, this is true. I've been talking extensively about these new regulations and have done videos in each of these markets breaking down in detail what these new regulations are and how to adapt. I'll put links to those videos in the description below and you can check them out later. Next, the article cites the most recent regulation in Philadelphia. It says, Philadelphia acted in the fall after neighborhoods were overrun with We Buy Houses signs and reports that hard-charging wholesalers wouldn't leave houses without a signed contract. Seriously, wholesalers don't leave houses without a signed contract? So they go into a house, put a gun to a seller's head, and force the seller to sign a contract against his will? Now, to prove his point, the author doesn't cite an actual example where this happened to a real seller. Instead, he quotes someone who heard about it happening. Listen to this. In my neighborhood in West Philly, I probably get three postcards a month from one of these guys, said Michael Froelich, an attorney with Community Legal Services of Philadelphia. If you can get leads, you can dupe somebody into signing a contract for far less than far market value, and you can make 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 on a house. So let me get this straight. All you have to do is get a lead, and you can dupe someone into making $50,000? If that's true, give me an example. Show me an actual person who's poor, not a lawyer who's heard about it happening, who this doesn't apply to anyway because he's not poor, where a wholesaler duped him and made $50,000. I'd like to see actual news where that happened. The reality is it takes thousands and even tens of thousands of leads to get one deal, and most contracts in low-income areas are wholesaled for three to $5,000, 
not 50,000, and sellers are not under duress, but rather knowingly, willingly agreeing to sell at a slight discount for the benefits and convenience. That's the reality, not this hyped up sensationalization called news. Let's keep going. The wholesalers, typically entry-level investors who find off-market homes through cold calls or driving through neighborhoods, have been enabled by pandemic-era low interest rates and tight housing supply that have created record price appreciation. The U.S. had only 2.4 months of supply of unsold houses in April, near a historic low. Prices make many unprofitable for investors, driving some wholesalers to scour working class and poor neighborhoods to scare up deals. So wait, since there's no deals in the burbs, these amateur wholesalers are turning to poor neighborhoods? That's not how it works. Wholesalers still wholesale in the suburbs and most cash buyers that wholesalers flip to in the low-income neighborhoods are buy-and-hold investors, not fix-and-flippers. The article continues, fees for gathering contracts often run 10% or 15% of the sale price and can generate the wholesaler a $15,000 payday in weeks, although costs for internet advertising and customer lists eat into those gross gains. So let's do some math here. If a wholesaler earns 15% on the sale price and he's doing deals in a poor neighborhood like Detroit, most contracts are gonna be under 50,000. Let's take a $35,000 house in a poor neighborhood in Detroit. 10% would be a $3,500 wholesale fee and 15% would be approximately 5,000. And as the author states, that's before marketing costs. But wait a minute, earlier the article said wholesalers are duping sellers and making 30, 40, and 50,000. Hmm, that's quite a discrepancy. Next, the article goes back to painting a picture of the flipping rabbi as a slick willy used car salesman. It says, on a recent night in Roswell, Georgia, around 50 wholesalers, flippers, and investing neophytes turned out at a Doubletree Hotel for a meeting at the Atlanta Real Estate Investors Alliance. Mr. Seculo, that's the rabbi flipper, whose brother Jay, who was one of Donald Trump's impeachment lawyers, was one panelist. Not sure what that has to do with anything. It continues, a second, Mike Cherwenka calls himself the godfather of wholesaling and shares testimony on his website of performing in a male review dance team. He left the life after embracing Jesus and beginning a real estate career. Cash is king, and when you can offer people cash and close within a week, you've got leverage, right? Said Mr. Cherwenka, still a muscular figure in a violet-hued sport coat. People perk up and listen when you make an offer and you've got proof of funds right there. So let me get this straight. We've got the con artist Rabbi Flipper and the born-again purple-suited godfather of wholesaling at a Doubletree Hotel bragging about how they prey on poor, unsuspecting homeowners. This is ridiculous. Next, the author attempts to give a little background on wholesaling. He says, wholesaling has been around for years but hit the radar of real estate data provider PropStream in a bigger way four years ago, said Rob Zarr, chief executive of parent company Equamine in Orange County, California. PropStream's database can help find homes that are abandoned, at risk of foreclosure, or loaded with liens. A single enthusiastically titled Facebook group, Wholesaling Houses with PropStream, counts more than 41,000 members. The low-hanging fruit of houses that just need a little upgrading are all gone, said Brian Daly, whose Atlanta-based finance company, Ground Floor, expects to fund up to $350 million in real estate investments this year. What remain aren't on listing services and need major overhauls. 
You need more scouts out there, he said. About 40% of the company's deals involve wholesalers. Okay, that's all fine, except it fails to mention that wholesalers help not hurt this segment of distressed properties and sellers. But that's enough history. The article goes straight back to wholesalers are bad. It says, complaints though started mounting at legal aid societies for the poor as people flooded into the industry. Because wholesalers often don't hold real estate licenses, regulators have had little power. Wholesalers argue they don't need a license because they're buying directly from homeowners and laws generally permit for sale by owner transactions. Okay, so more about disadvantaged poor and how wholesalers are unlicensed, but this part is actually inaccurate. Wholesalers don't actually buy the properties. The argument for not needing a license is because they have equitable interest in the contract and exercise that right by assigning their contract, which falls outside of most real estate licensing jurisdiction because they're not getting paid a fee to assist a buyer or seller in a transaction. And then the article goes back to quoting our resident authority attorney who heard about something. It says, in Philadelphia, Mr. Froelich said he heard complaints of wholesalers using a bad news, good news approach on homeowners. The bad news is that a house needs tens of thousands in repairs. The good news is the wholesaler will take it off their hands for 30,000, though it's really worth 100,000. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. Mr. Froelich heard about a wholesaler who got a property for 30,000 that's worth 100,000. Wow. Who was that wholesaler? Did he make $70,000 wholesaling that deal? Who was the seller who got ripped off? What do they have to say about this? Oh wait, it's all hearsay. Well, it must be true because Mr. Froelich heard about it and he's a reputable source. Next, the author reinforces again that wholesalers are bad by talking about recent regulations. It says, Philadelphia last fall created a license for wholesalers and requires them to tell owners how they can obtain fair market value. The Oklahoma Real Estate Commission heard about deals that collapsed, ah, more gossip, clouding the owner's title, said Executive Director Grant Cody. In other cases, homeowners felt duped upon learning that wholesalers quickly sold the contract. There's the author's favorite word to use with wholesalers, duped. Now, it continues, Oklahoma this spring required wholesalers to get a license and allowed the commission to set rules, Mr. Cody said. Arkansas and Illinois passed laws in 2017 and 2019, respectively, increasing their power to regulate wholesaling. A bill in Kansas died, but may be reintroduced. Now, I've been saying for some time that the wholesaling industry is under heavy scrutiny. This article is more proof. Merited or not, my belief is that this is only the beginning. The writing is on the wall. I believe wholesaling will first be heavily regulated and eventually will be banned. Just look at how wholesalers are being demonized. Stay to the end of this video and I'll share with you what you should be doing about it. Now, thankfully, the author did point out that not all wholesalers are bad. It says, wholesalers acknowledge they have some bad actors, but say most are genuinely interested in revitalizing housing. Thank you. And finally, the end of this article cites an actual part-time wholesaler. It says, in Atlanta, Dwayne Alexander, a 37-year-old who jumped into wholesaling during last year's COVID-19 quarantines, wakes each morning to cold call homeowners. By 10 a.m., he switches to his day job as a software engineer. So far, Mr. Alexander has done four deals, in one case offering $120,000 for a home owned by a friend's relative and assigning the contract to another investor for $130,000. Mr. Alexander made $10,000 for around 10 hours of work. He said he sees his role as ensuring homeowners get a fair deal and that something nicer rises in a dilapidated home's place. 
If I know that gentrification is going to happen regardless, as a person who comes from these kinds of neighborhoods, I would rather it be someone like me making money than some hedge fund, said Mr. Alexander. By the way, congratulations, Dwayne, on your four deals. That's awesome. Now, the author Michael Sasso posted this article on his social media, and I commented the following. Hi, Michael. I'm one of those educators that provides YouTube tutorials on wholesaling and flipping. Flipping Mastery TV. I read your article and I am working on a video rebuttal to your article. While I agree with you that there certainly are wholesalers who operate unethically, dupe sellers, painting a negative picture that the entire industry operates unethically is an unfair assessment. After all, I know several licensed real estate agents who dupe sellers and operate unethically. Every industry has dishonest people. Your article failed to mention the benefits and service wholesalers provide when done correctly. I do believe the wholesaling industry needs to organize and create best practices and do a better job of disclosure and treating sellers fairly because regulation is coming regardless, as you pointed out. Anyways, I would love to discuss with you more around this topic. If you are open to a call, please advise. And he sent me a message back that said, Hi, Jerry, I've seen a couple of your videos on YouTube. I'm doing an article on wholesaling and some efforts by states and cities to regulate it. I'd love to chat more about how it works and the criticism of it. Please let me know how to reach you. Mike Sasso, Bloomberg News. So he seems like a reasonable guy. He's willing to hear my perspective, which I really respect. I hope to shed some light on the benefits of wholesalers. Now, if you'd like me to do a follow-up video about our call and where it goes, leave a comment and say, Jerry, be a voice for our industry. You are a flipping genius, and I'll do my best. Finally, what should you do to adapt as a wholesaler going forward? Here's what I suggest. Number one, always tell the seller all of their options to sell their home. Number two, don't misrepresent value. Number three, provide full disclosure. Number four, get your real estate license. It will only benefit you as a wholesaler. And most importantly, number five, close and buy the property and then resell it to a cash buyer. That will solve the problem entirely and is the best solution. Personally, I'm moving away from doing assignments and focusing on buying and reselling as well as continuing to fix and flip. Of course, you will need funding to buy and resell your wholesale deals, which is why I started a funding program. To learn how to use my money to fund 100% of your deals, watch a 40-minute video presentation where I explain all of the details and how to get unlimited access to my funding. It's time to adapt as an industry or become obsolete. So if you plan on staying relevant in the industry, watch that video now. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. With over 700 videos, this is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesaling and flipping. And I'll see you on the next video.